Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG 13. Nobody worries about kids listening to thousands, literally thousands of songs about heartbreak, rejection, pain, misery, and loss. Did I listen to pop music because I was miserable? Or was I miserable because I listened to pop music? Well, music is my life, man. What do you want me to do? Hello and welcome to Love That Album. David Blom flying in the chair solo today whilst Morrison's enjoying a very nice holiday throughout North America. This episode's the first part in which I hope to turn into three parts looking at the last big wave of Australian rock music. In this episode, we're looking at the album Highly Evolved, the 2002 debut platinum album from the Sydney band The Vines. Plus, we shall have Eric Reanimator's segment on as well, so plenty to look forward to and stick around, because this album is sensational, it's one that I love, and it's well worth a revisit. I'll catch you later. Movies and music. Join Morris, Tim and Bernie every month as they discuss music-related movies. iTunes, Facebook or download direct from seehere.podbeam.com. 
the See Here podcast. It's a blast. Far out. 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 The Vines were formed in Sydney, New South Wales, Australia, and have been through several lineup changes, but they've had four main incarnations. Pre the highly evolved album being released in 2002, from 2002 to 2004, the classic lineup, and from 2004 to 2012. Since then, they've had the same lineup from 2012 to the present day. They were big Beatles fans and were originally called Rishi Kesh, the Indian city where the Beatles visited an ashram in 1968. They've also been called Joe Dirt, Foregone Conclusion and The Crimes. They renamed themselves The Vines on Nichols' suggestion as a homage to his dad who fronted a band called The Vines, spelt V-Y-N-E-S. They developed their sound playing covers of UMI and Nirvana songs and started recording many of their own tracks on a four-track recorder. Many of these versions of their songs are able to be heard on YouTube and many of the songs that they recorded at the time on their four-tracker have made the highly evolved album. Keep your ears out for them and try to look them up on YouTube. It's very interesting to hear the development of these tracks from their primitive state to the polished versions that appeared in Highly Evolved. The album itself was recorded over a few months in late 2001 and 2002 in Los Angeles, California. Craig Nichols, the heart and soul, the frontman and guitarist of the band, really wanted to put out an album and he fought the record labels hard for their debut release to be an album, uh, having such a large number of songs ready to go. So let's dive on in and have a listen to all tracks from this sensational debut album. Track one of this album, Highly Evolved, is a 90 second glimpse into what this band is all about. It's like a 5 by 9 picture that impressionist painters used to create to sell. Um, painting on the back of cigar boxes or boards that were cheap and easily available to display their talent. The film clip for this song, unfortunately though, is a rather boring countdown clock with a volume meter attached to the film clip. I'm feeling happy, so highly evolved. My time's a riddle I don't ever be sold. Dreaming for something, reaching for something. Just waiting for the sun to carry me in. If you feel love, you can buy. Track 2. It's the first sign of the more melodic, more Beatlesque side of the band. It's not what we tend to think about when we mention the name The Vines. However, more than half of their catalogue does seem to be of these more soulful tunes with fantastic lyrics. I tend to find Craig Nichols' lyrics are highly underrated, and this song just has some exquisite wording with it, some soaring guitar solos and some fantastic layers of keyboards in it. It really does make a wonderful change from the high energy of Highly Evolved, the opening track. Yeah. 
Track three, Out of the Way. Perhaps the most Vines sounding track of all time. The battle between the chaos and sanity of the vocals of Craig Nichols and Patrick Matthews on bass. The live performances were very reminiscent of Sex Pistol gigs. However, the guitar solo sounds like something that George Harrison would have played back in 1966. In the way that it does seem to replicate the sound that you hear in the track Day Tripper. The wonderfully energetic film clip shows everything that the vines at the time represented. It makes you just want to slap your own face with a sneaker or jump into the mosh pit to crowd surf. Track 4's Sunshining, the use of a synth-style octave alternating bass line to drive this song, made it rather divisive. There are many who rate this as one of the album's best, loving the krautrock type element. I, however, found this tune to be a little bit of filler material, but to hit filler material after four tracks, I'm quite okay with. Fifth track, Homesick, is a lovely little quiet number, very piano driven with the pianos being played by Patrick Matthews, with a soaring 80s style guitar solo. It has an interesting film clip showing that OK Go, otherwise known as the Treadmill Song Band, was supporting them at their upcoming gig. It's a reminder of the calibre of gigs that they were playing both locally and overseas. They were playing at big venues and huge shows. They appeared on the cover of Rolling Stone. They were the first Australian act to do so since Men at Work in 1983, 20 years ago. They played Triple J live at the wireless several times, and famously, they had TV appearances such as Jules Holland and The David Letterman Show.
rounding off the first half of the album, track six is Get Free, the big hit single. It's so hard to imagine that there is so much jammed into just over two minutes in duration. An ARIA award for the breakthrough artist's single and a killer video clip with the band playing on top of a hill in front of big speakers, spotlights and a lightning storm that is brewing all around them, striking the ground all around the band. You know that you've made a big impression when Weird Al Yankovic covers your material and Weird Al covered this song in his Angry White Boy Polka in 2003. This song has seen life on several movie soundtracks and has been used extensively in video games. This is a full-on adrenaline experience all wrapped up in one tiny song. I hope you've enjoyed the first half of this album. It's now time for me to take a break and hand you over to Eric Reanimator for his album I Love segment. Take it away, Eric, the orchestra leader. I want two, I want two, three, four. Now it's time for an album I love with Eric. Reanimator. Hello, DD. A one, two, three. Eric, the back with another album that I love segment. This time I'm going to be talking about something that's maybe not so different and that's another Swedish band from the early 2000s, late 90s, part of that high energy rock scene. But these guys kind of crossed over and at least in the States they had a big hit. They're one of those bands that I wish I could remember exactly for sure where I first heard them or 
read about them. I want to say that it was on one of my trips to D.C. to see the band Adam West, that their lead singer Jake Starr mentioned them. When I got to Sweden in 2001 as a student, I picked up their album. So I have the Swedish version on Burning Heart Records. And yeah, they're, they're a lot of fun, a lot of energy. They've got that that era's kind of garage punk thing going on, but there's also a certain amount of soul, a certain amount of swagger, a certain amount of the Rolling Stones and their sound. And in this world where people still want to talk about the White Stripes, you know, to me, from that whole era, that whole scene, the Hives were the band that got their hit, that got their faces on MTV, that got some radio airplay, that really deserved it. In my mind, this is why. actually get to see the hives live during this era they played in detroit i want to say it was august of 2002 it's interesting show i was about to leave michigan gonna either move to sweden i had hoped or move to minnesota one of the two minnesotas where i wound up but my brother and i went to check them out see the show uh, i remember talking to the guys behind me in line about the whole high energy scene in uh, scandinavia and recommending to them that they check out Soundtrack of Our Lives. I don't know if they ever did or not. At any rate, saw the Hives play. New Bomb Turks opened up. I believe that was the show where the singer for the New Bomb Turks took my brother's glasses and wore them on stage and they gave them back to him. As it would happen when I was in Sweden a month later, my brother and I were at the opening of a club called The Baser, which had become, at this point now, the great club of that scene, or at least the one that's still going now. There were some earlier clubs that were over and done by the time I got to Sweden. But opening night at Debaser, my brother and I happened to wander in, and there were the hives. And I chatted with them for a little while. Super nice guys. Sat with them at the table. They were right there. Anybody could walk up and say hello. Uh, My brother had some photos from the show we had seen in August that he was going to show them. They were happy to see those. 
And it was just a great, great time hanging out with them. And they were so cool and fun and nice and, you know, just open and welcoming. One of the uh, the members, the lead singer, Pele, I'd seen him on a TV show where they were doing covers of old 60s uh, soul songs. And he was singing and I asked him about it. And he said that it was great for him because he got to work with the, uh, the musicians that had been part of the Swedish music scene back in the 60s and played a lot of those great covers. The Hives have had a couple of albums since. Vendi, Vidi, Vicious. Sorry, my Latin is not what it once was. They're all pretty solid, but I don't think any of them ever matched the kind of spontaneous, fun, overdriven organ energy of this first record. And of all the bands that were playing this kind of music in the underground at the time, I'm so glad that the Hives were one of the ones that made it to the mainstream, even if it was just for a moment. So we're going to head on out with a little more of the Hives, and I'll catch you all next time. Top 10. Top 10 cheesy love songs. This song showcases everything that is awesome about Journey. Bombastic, tailor-made for the arena. Everyone's got their lighter out. Steve Perry's got his beautiful mane of hair, and he's singing about being on the road. Top 10 rock trios. Dinosaur Jr., Jay Mascus, and Lou Barlow, and drummer Murph. The loudest band I've ever seen. Top 10 songs about the devil. My number eight is not the greatest song in the world. (laughs) (laughs) It's just a tribute. Um, This is Tenacious G. Top 10 breakup songs. What's your number four? I got to do the replacements answering machine. Nice. Not only is it about the distance, he's using the distance as a metaphor, you know, sort of like where it's like the the relationship's gotten to a point where he's trying to connect with somebody and the extent of the communication is leaving a message on your machine. Top 10 rock wordsmiths. Randy Newman. In a lot of his songs, he plays like a narrator, but the narrator in these songs tells stories, but the narrator doesn't always tell the truth or he has kind of a skewed version of the story. Telling. That's a human foible. That's what we tend to do. Top 10 sports anthems. Little ditty called Jump Around. Yes. Not. Easily like 20 to 30,000 students jumping up and down at the same time. It is awesome. Number 10. With your host, Ben Eisen. All time top 10. On to the second half of the album. Track 7's Country Yard. Craig Nichols' lyrics are often very underrated. This track is just sublime. Lyrics like, glue in my eyes together girl, might be the right escape. The country yard represents a place where Nichols could escape, a refuge, a place to hide from all that was out there. It's a really surreal track that just has everything. Fantastic layering of sound and vocals. 
It's my favourite track on the album. I remember hearing a Live at the Wireless performance being one of their best, and it was just so fantastic to hear from a band who was so erratic, to hear them play so well on such a large live stage. This song does have echoes of Pink Floyd's Wish You Were Here to it, to be sure, and it does have fantastic soaring vocal solos. There's nothing in the secret garden Just images of Track 8's Factory, the first ever single recorded by The Vines. It's a happy, happy, joy-joy sounding song. Very reminiscent of going on a day trip to the seaside. There's very much an oobla-dee, oobla-da sound to it. Yet cynically, the lyrics are about the most mundane and painful repetitious lives of people who work at the local factory. The days are long, but the minds are gone in the factory. A very big kink-style ending to the tune showing the diversity of the vines and the witticism that they hold. The ninth track, In the Jungle, is perhaps the darkest song on the album, and it's the most easy to compare to the band that they started out playing covers to, Nirvana. The playing with tempo, volume, tuning and style really do disorientate you and make you feel like you're being lost in the jungle. This song has the fine edge between genius and insanity well covered. Yeah, don't even need to be 
heading towards the last couple of tracks of the album. Track 10's Mary Jane, and the strength of this album shows no sign of slowing down. Mary Jane said Love's a Wait. It's the slowest song on the album, perhaps along with Homesick. It's 5 minutes 52 of blissful tunage. Having lyrics like chilling out and something, I already know, because we're down, we'll lose the town. It's very laid back and the references in the song are very obvious. However, it is a song that has remained popular in their live sets over the past decade and a half. Ain't No Room. A final big loud blast is the second last track here, probably to wake you up after Mary Jane. It's not really my favourite track on the album. In fact, along with Sunshine, and perhaps one of the few filler tracks that there are going on, the dizzy guitar riff and the blasting nature of the song continue to make it one of their more popular tracks live. <laughs> Final track, 1969. It's 1969 in my head. I just want to have no place to go. I'm living through the sound of the dead. A big finish to a very big and ambitious album. A full guitar wall of sound blasts you and carefully crafted lyrics pining for the time of when many of Nichols' favourite artists were still alive and playing. The song alternates between the quiet mesmerising of the lyrics and the big wall of sound for the solos. Finally, the guitar crescendos to a big outro. A nice self-indulgent finish to a fantastic album.
That concludes my look at The Vine's highly evolved album. It's an album well worth listening to or revisiting once more if you haven't listened to it for quite a while. Post this album and during the touring phase around 2004, Craig Nichols had several issues due to a mix of fame, lifestyle and being diagnosed with Asperger's syndrome. The erratic performances, most famously on the David Letterman and Jules Holland shows, caused much angst amongst the band and were perhaps the cause of the classic lineup to break down. However, Nichols has sought assistance for his personal issues and obviously has had great support from family, friends and fans alike. The band have released six further albums, but none have hit the heights of Highly Evolved. However, the songwriting remains strong and the live performances from the band are more consistent nowadays and Craig Nichols looks to be enjoying the work of performing to large crowds. There have been several lineup changes since those heady days in 2002 to 2004. The band's biggest single post this album was called Ride, which also featured in a car commercial. Craig Nichols rarely gives interviews to the press, but he regularly performs under the Vine's name, and you can, can get yourself down to a gig and mosh like it's 2003. Morris should be back in the recording chair again next month, but I look forward to speaking to you again about an album that I love, and I'll leave you with the Vine's song, Ride. Thanks for tuning in.